and welcome to That's Daisy Blog Podcast. In this episode, I chat to Andrew Baker, recent semi-finalist in The Voice UK. He talks to me about touring with the Choir of Man and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, as well as his album plans. He also discusses his weight loss, mental health, and how an incident with a producer almost put him off working in musical theatre. Coming up. Still haven't got used to Zoom, I have to say. And then suddenly all my childhood dreams have come true. I was like, oh my God, H from Steps is here. <laughs> Obviously Joseph and then Choir of Man. Well, of course, it's always sometimes there's too much testosterone. It's like trying to sleep on a moving bus was something. And I'm six foot four. I'm like in a little coffin, like <laughs> I would say the voice was the best and worst experience of my life. Maybe if I picked Sir Tom, I would have got further. I don't know, who knows? Hello. I still haven't got used to Zoom, I have to say. What's it been, like a year? I haven't either. Because I, I had a period where, right at the beginning, I did yeah. a lot, and then I just took a few months off. And then when I started doing them again, I was like, I mean, I'd use them for quizzes and then that was about it. And then now and again, I've got like a singing lesson or I actually have to do something proper on it. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I don't know what I'm doing the whole time. Oh, has your girlfriend been teaching Pilates on there? Yeah, she's been teaching non-stop the whole time. Good for her. Quite hard though, because it's like in the house, do you know what I mean? But it takes up like the whole living room. So if she's teaching like five classes a day, it's like, cool, where do I go? But then this was the secret to your dramatic weight loss, wasn't it, Pilates? Well, Pilates and running, combination of both. Yeah? yeah. She teaches reformer. Have you ever done it? Reformer Pilates. I've done some resistance Pilates and... It's the one where it's on, like, the weird bench thing and it, like, moves with um, cables and... All all over the place. Yeah, it's crazy. But it was mostly half running, half that. Because obviously everyone's just started running, haven't they? Well, who has one of them in their living room? We do. <laughs> that whole lounge. Of course, you started running as well, because you're doing the marathon. I am doing the marathon. and I, Well, like, that, that was the thing, because I always used to run at the gym and stuff every, all the time. Yeah. And because we're quite remote, I didn't even realise. I saw these people doing these five couch to 5Ks. <laughs> and I've been running to the nearest village and back, not realising that that was 6K in itself. So I just thought, well, yeah, I, I have this thing where I was like, I'm going to do the marathon before I'm 40. Yeah. I turn 40 next year. So I was like, that means I've got to do it now. Have you ever done a long distance race before? What's the longest you've run? I'm building it up now. So I, I, I did 12K on Saturday. Great. Amazing. I can do it. it. Like, I've got the stamina. I mean, I don't know how fast I'm going to be, but I'm, it's not a competition. It's not about how fast you run it. It's just finishing yeah. it, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm raising money for Terence Higgins, so that is incredible. Um, so I'm really How long excited have you got that. to train? Hmm? How long have you got to train? Oh, it's, in a, it's October, so I've got like six and a half months. Yeah. Great. You're starting quite early. I did the marathon years and years ago, I think like 2014. But I started training like only three months before, and I really yeah. regretted not training as early as you. Well, I think it's only because it's it's two things. It's because I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. And I did the opposite. Like everybody did, went on these detox at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. I went in holiday mode and I just ate and drank. <laughs> okay. 
I'm put on to my own. So for me, I'm trying to now shift that before. Yeah. Now that it looks like everything's opening up and I have to return to society. I was like, oh. Yeah, but is it? We'll see what happens. <laughs> no, very very optimistic. <laughs> well, awesome. you never know. Yeah, fingers crossed. It might open slowly. But that takes it back to where I first encountered you back in August last year. When you were massive. Yeah. So really a little initiative. Because I don't even know if you were aware. It kind of split opinion when it was launched because so you guys were getting paid as performers. Yeah. And it was all sponsored by Center Point and it was encouraged to try and get people to come into the city. Yeah. And see, although things have started to open up, the foot through through the center of London wasn't picking up. So they were trying to do that. All the restaurants and bars in the area were closed. Yeah. Centrepoint um, kept saying to Duality that the restaurants might be opening. The whole pandemic's been the same. It was like, maybe things will open next week or maybe it'll open next month. There just weren't the crowds, were there? And then obviously the music got banned and that was just a shame. But fair play to James, because even for the space of a month, month and a half, there were so many performers getting paid to sing. It was just... just that was it. That's why I saw it. Because I think a lot... Of, there was a bit of opposition for people saying you shouldn't be giving... Because obviously, so it was free to anybody to come and watch. And people were arguing. It was like, well, you shouldn't be giving away music for free. And it wasn't the case of that. I remember thinking at the time, I was very concerned that live music was going to become forgotten like I think people were getting so used to, to watching things online I was like we really need to kind of engage with live music again and I think this event did that it was kind of bringing people reminding people what it's like to yeah. actually have someone singing in your face yeah. be, because it, as good as the online concerts are unless they are live they're very kind of like it's not the same is it let's be yeah. fair I mean if you go to Centerpoint last year there was people like Kalium at night singing it's like that's yeah. not the same you have to listen to that live to really appreciate how good she is <laughs> Like, I remember, like, I hadn't heard of you before. And then I was like, oh, he's great. So you on the lineup with, like, Laura Pick. And, and uh, so- well, me and James went to college together. So we've been friends since I was yeah. 21. So he's always been very supportive and always given me work where, in fact, my first gig that I've booked after The Voice is because of James. <laughs> His auntie's always getting married and I'm singing at her wedding. So I was like, all right, James is the only one who's getting me work this year. <laughs> Nice. Point starting again, hopefully in June. Amazing. It depends on the government. Well, yeah, because then, well, as well, because it then after a few of them, it got shut down because of noise pollution. Some of the residents complained, didn't they? It was really bizarre. For some reason, they just they just didn't want they didn't want the music there. They got yeah. these posh two million pound apartments, and they wanted it to be silent. I was like, if you're going to buy an apartment in the centre of London. 
It's uh -huh. not going to be quiet. No. And you should be grateful to have Caleb and Knight singing outside your bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> People would pay good money for that. Hello. But no, How much were Hugh, Hugh Jackman tickets? It cost a to see us sing that. No, he's hoping they're going to start again in June, which is really cool. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, man. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Everyone can start doing something. <laughs> what was it like for you? Because so, was that one of the first gigs back after lockdown for you? Yeah. to like get up there and very much out of stamina and I think the same thing happened when suddenly I was on the voice because having not sung for six seven months publicly or at least in an audition or on stage I definitely felt out of practice and that was the same at center point it don't yeah. get me wrong it was really fun but you could tell that the muscles weren't quite as strong as they were a year ago so you had to really work Especially singing outside because it was so cold. It was some of the days you came, it was just chucking down with rain. <laughs> I was there with my phone and the umbrella. Yeah. We're like, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make live music carry on. We're going to sing in the rain. It doesn't matter. You got like free hot chocolates and free tea and coffee. <laughs> and no. Live music. no, that was literally the only, the only paid work I had singing last year was Centerpoint. So James Harrison Baker, love you lots. <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned you went to, so you, you went uni at Manchester, weren't you? Yeah, I, I actually did a music, like a, a muggles music degree, like studying the history of Bach and all sorts of crazy, wow. yeah, proper classical degree. But um, then when I was there, started performing loads in like, you know, as you do at uni, you join every club and ensemble and music theatre society and big band and all sorts. And then eventually I was like, I really want to try musical theatre. <laughs> so then I went to Academy afterwards. Yeah. Where I met James, who does Centrepoint. So yeah, it's cool. Very different, very different from classical, because that's where I started. I started singing kind of French chanson and German leader and uh, proper classical singing. And do you still go back to that? Now and again, I do sing along to songs that I performed at uni. Wow. When you're at uni, my third year recital was half an hour of like, I think I, I, did, I did a mixture of Italian and German, which is just, I just wouldn't do it now. But now and again, there's this National Youth Music Theatre. There's a kind of northern equivalent called The Company. And when I was in third year at Manchester, we did Parade at the Lowry, which is one of my favourite musicals. It was like a, not Amdram, but basically like MYMT. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't believe the people that... Sam Pope, he did some of the Centrepoint gigs. Yes. Stuart Clark was in it. 
Uh, Jessamy Stoddart, who's now in Hollyoaks, but did Wicked and Les Mis. It was a really weird place to be because suddenly all these people that I did it with when I was like 19 are now all famous and successful. <laughs> how you are. Well, wow. famous and successful, but no, it's really cool. That kind of experience kind of pushed me to want to explore musical theatre. And who did you play in Parade? The Judge. Nice. Of course, the six foot five bloke. You're not gonna. <laughs> There's not many options. <laughs> yeah, because I'm only five foot five, so you're like literally a foot taller than me. I'm very. T- I'm closing in on six six five. I'll say six three on my spotlight, but six five. <laughs> and what's it like up there? <laughs> cold, very cold, windy. <laughs> so when did Joseph come about? So let's go right back to that. All the way back. So straight after Academy, I did the one year, you know, the one year music theatre course. I went straight off that into Joseph, which was amazing. I, was, I thought I'd landed it. I was I went straight the summer I graduated, and then like a week later it was like, Oh, you've got you're in Joseph. I was like, Yes, my life is made. Who were your Josephs? Oh crikey. First one was Keith Jack. Nice. The uh, BBC's Any Dream Will Do. And then I had H from Steps. And then suddenly all my childhood dreams had come true. I was like, oh my God, H from Steps is here. (laughs) Um, It was after that. And then I had Lloyd Daniels. He was my last Joseph. Oh, amazing. We know Ken Wright loves the uh, the named Josephs. Well, some of them, I mean, I love that show. It's one of those shows that I remember as a kid. Um, And obviously every time it goes on tour, it's a guilty pleasure. I just can't. I mean, like, even I, I obviously saw it at the Palladium, which was a completely yeah. different. Did you see it at the Palladium? They've, up, they've definitely upgraded it because I could not be in Joseph given the how much the dance is improved. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I've got two left feet, so. <laughs> no, I love it because you used to do that wherever you could uh, for the Mega Mix, you used to go into the auditorium. Yeah, every single. Three times a day on a Saturday going into the audience. I was like, oh no, not again. But no, honestly, those, those I did it for almost three years and it was just unbelievable. I, there's nowhere I didn't go in the UK and Ireland. It was really special. Do you have um, any favourite places? Any- favourite places around the UK? Crikey. And Ireland. Dublin, the theatre in Dublin is just stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Or bored. I'm not going to say it in case someone tells me off. Um, because I went to uni in Manchester, actually going back to the Manchester Palace was really, it was quite yeah. Um, Because obviously going back to where I went to uni and we actually performed in my hometown because I grew up in Tunbridge Wells in Kent and there's a theatre there. It's not very nice and I don't think people from Tunbridge Wells will mind me saying, but performing in my hometown was really cool. Not a big theatre, but just, yeah. A special moment, I'd say. Oh, what was it? Because I would have loved it, but like, what was it like to travel with boys? And you've done it twice now. We'll talk about that later. I mean, no, this is, well, this is the thing, because someone said it to me the other day, because <laughs> I've only been in two, two casts per se, and obviously Joseph and then Choir of Man, and yeah. both of them are just completely male-orientated, <laughs> which is, yeah. It's fun, do you know what I mean? You're just going on tour with... Is it actually fun, or is there ever kind of like a bit too much testosterone? Well, of course, it's always sometimes there's too much testosterone. That's the same with anything in life. But no, it's really fun. Choir of Man, I have to say, 
obviously, but we can talk about that as well. But Choir of Man was honestly the most incredible experience. Yeah. Not only was the show so much fun itself, and some people know it, some people do. Sorry, some people don't know it, and some people do now. Obviously, yeah. it's getting bigger and bigger every year. I love that show. I've seen it a few times up in Edinburgh and it's incredible like I'm waiting for it to come to to London in the West End I don't understand how it hasn't yet because there have been many many talks yeah there there are many talks it is going to happen at some point and obviously they did an extended version on the ship and now so where did you go with it so this is why the experience was so unbelievable because I went basically someone um couldn't do the second leg of the US tour. Wow. First time they went to America. So I got to fly out halfway through the tour and just travel around America on a on a tour bus, which was so cool. <laughs> I mean, some of the states, some of the places we went to, it was just like we were in Chicago for a week. Like it was just unbelievable. And obviously you've seen the show. It's it's yeah. really special. What was your song? I sang The Impossible Dream. That one man, scorned and covered with scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to fight and his to reach the unreachable deck like attempting to put up I can't do it at all every other pub board in the history of choir man can do like a full tower I had like three and I was like oh no that's finished same as juggling you're supposed to be able to juggle as the pub board but I can't juggle at all (laughs) I still don't know why I got the job but for people who haven't seen it like how do you describe it the show oh how do you describe it most pubs have a football team a darts team. This pub has a choir, always has, and we are the choir of man. So wake me up when it's all over. Well, I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself, and I didn't know I was gone. Brotherhood, isn't it? It's just a really fun, feel-good, 
It's got all the right messages. It's just... a collection of how many, how many of you are there? Oh, nine, I want to say. Nine men. Yeah. And you form this choir in a pub. And it's just a kind of cross-section of every typical man that you might encounter in a pub. And then they weave a kind of narrative in it where you all just kind of burst into song. I know it's very, very theatrical, but we yeah. love it. <laughs> but there's just a it's just a really there's a really nice message behind it. Yeah. Uh, especially at the moment, given how much mental health has become so much in the forefront of not only the theatre industry, just men are suddenly speaking out a lot more than they used to do. And being in the choir of man, the boys, and not only in that cast, but our whole we have a kind of community, what we call our family, the choir of man family. And we all talk openly, even behind the scenes, we, we help each other out. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a really a, amazing thing to be a part of. I'm glad I did it. I'd love to do it again. Who knows what's going to happen after The Voice? But um, yeah, amazing. Well, it's that show where it kind of like it has that kind of subtext about mental health. It's not overt, but it's, it's there and it's present. And it's about these guys opening up about their feelings and sharing them with each other with classic amazing songs there are some brilliant songs in there have you got any favorites apart from your own obviously oh, oh. Were there kind of like i wish i'd have a go on that i wouldn't have minded a pop at you're the voice that yeah. is good that is a good standalone male audition song <laughs> i've never sung it but it is a cool one well dennis can i remember dennis had to go on for tom once and said it was hard well it, <laughs> tom it makes it, it look easy well, the thing is, it's a, a really uncomfortable breaking point between yeah. having to belt and your. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a, it's a hard hard song. Previously on that stagey blog, what are your favourite songs from the show? If you had to pick one each, uh, probably Parking Glass or You're the Voice. I think. Oh. Share my heart, sang that. Are there any songs that you you're quite jealous that you, you don't get to sing of each of us? You're the voice, but I couldn't sing it. I had to sing it. <laughs> and he was off sick once, like in the past, and I had to sing it. And I was like, oh, no, one show is enough. It's a killer to sing. I didn't even think what the song was about. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was singing a song. Then we take it to America, where you've got all this gun violence and stuff, and the song is, How long can we look at each other down the barrel of a gun? Yeah. We're all someone's daughter, we're all someone's son. And suddenly this song becomes something a lot different than what it was. And I watch videos of me doing it in the first year compared to me doing it now, mm-hmm. and it's so different. I think. The most fun one to perform has to be Pina Colada. Yeah. And you I get mean, a free drink if you get dragged up. It's basically just, I mean, I won't say, Nick probably won't watch this as the, the director. So it's basically just messing around for, for yeah. minutes. <laughs> well, there's so many cute little moments like that. Even with like teenage, when they bring people on the stage and you have a bit of banter with it. And the audiences are so receptive to it as well. Especially in the US. I mean, the yeah. just standing ovations every night is absolutely crazy. And some of the theatres, you see, England theatres are tiny compared to American theatres. It was packed out to the rafters. Really cool. Really cool. I want it. I want it to do the West End just so I can go and see it and just go, bam! Look at this. This is amazing. But was it tiring then, travelling on a bus and trying to sleep on a bus and? Well, this is where you go back to traveling with boys. I mean, traveling on a tour bus with, because we had two tour buses. One of them had half the cast and light sound tour manager and the other bus had um, half the cast on. 
great, unbelievable. But obviously, some nights you've got the group that want to play FIFA. Or one night you've got me and Dennis at the back watching something on the telly, and someone wants to go to sleep. It is a challenge. It really is a challenge. Um, weird experience, like trying to sleep on a moving bus was something. And I'm six foot four, six well, six five. So I'm like in a little coffin, like. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool. I'm glad I did it. Really glad. Because the boys are out there in Australia at the moment, living their best lives. You know what I mean? They're, they must be the only people to be working. I yeah. Mean, they did have to quarantine for two weeks, and I don't know if I could sit in a hotel for That's two not, weeks. Exactly. It was like a prison. They were like, because I thought they'd at least be able to engage with each other, but they, they couldn't. They were brought food to their, their rooms every day. Yeah. and just had to sit it out until... But now they are living their lives. Exactly. <laughs> they're at bars, they're doing whatever they want in Sydney. But yeah, love them all. It's a great group of boys. Exactly. And they did, they did do the West End special. They did indeed, yeah. I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. It's... I hope so, because like I say, I, I've got a real affinity with that show. Well, um, a similar thing happened to Six. I mean, both Six and Choir of Man started off at Fringe yeah. and then they both got picked up they both ended up on Norwegian cruises and obviously Six is now on the West End and touring Pirate Man's gone abroad but obviously it will do the UK and West End eventually yeah. so yeah they've got a very similar journey obviously completely different shows and obviously all girls all boys but um, maybe they should do a kind of match up show one day <laughs> Actually, love it Still to come it's a weird one to talk about because I didn't know if I wanted to. I haven't really told many people about it. I had a really, really bad experience in a show with a producer who still causes problems to this day. It completely tore me apart. I lost all confidence in everything I thought I was good at in, my, in myself as a person. And from that, I kind of just went downhill. There was certainly a time I just didn't want to be a part of it. Later this year, I will be running the London Marathon to raise money for the Terence Higgins Trust, the UK's leading HIV and sexual health charity, and I would really appreciate your help. If you would like to sponsor me, you can donate now at justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash thatstagyblog. Check out my new range of That Stagy Blog branded clothing including hoodies and t-shirts from £14. Available now at thatstageblog.tmail.com So this brings us up to The Voice. How did this come about? What made you originally audition and apply for it? Had you, had you watched reality shows in the past? thing is, I'd say with The Voice, I've, it's not something that came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, my background is in music and singing. I've always, for as long as I can remember, I've sung. I haven't been a theatre boy in my life. I didn't go to kind of stage school when I was a teenager. I didn't do dance lessons. I didn't do any of that. So I have auditioned probably four or five times, I'd say, over the last 10 years. I think it's been going, it's the 10th year. Um, I've just never been lucky enough to get, I think what people don't realise, and a lot of theatre people don't even know either, before you get to the blind, I think I had four or five auditions yeah. on four on Zoom and then one in ITV before the blind had even happened. Yeah. So that was, that was a six month process in itself. 
So yeah, I was, you're very lucky if you do get a play singing in front of the coaches. And then obviously there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that people don't agree with that happens. And obviously it all kicks off then when it gets aired. Like, for example, the last episode you had Adam Strong and oh, there was another girl from We All Rock You. Yes, yeah. I can't remember what her name, Joanne. I can't remember what her surname is. Yeah. So, um, they both auditioned on the last day of the audition week. So obviously by that point, there aren't any slots left. Whereas me and Matt Croak, for example, auditioned at the beginning of the week. So irrelevant how good you are, if you audition at the beginning of the week, you've got a much better chance of getting through to the next round, which is really flawed. It's an it's a, it's a odd concept. Exactly. And even when you go f- going through the competition, at least with other shows, you've got, you're subject to the audience and you've got a week in, week out, you're kind of building a relationship with the audience. With this, you're really in the hands of those, of one person by the end of it. Exactly. And the same thing happens with the battles actually, because obviously me and Matt were put together. And I think we were actually really grateful for that because it, it almost felt like we were kind of doing a stage show together. Yeah. It was quite nice to sing with a theatre person. Um, but our battle happened at the end of the sessions, so there were no steals left. So yeah. there was no, we weren't going to get saved to whoever lost, which was a real shame because he sang out, out of the park and he could have easily got a place in the semi-finals. Um, but yeah, it, I'm very lucky to be on the show at all. Like I said, four or five auditions before you even get there. So, yeah. so when you were paired up with Matt, were you kind of a bit upset that you were you were going to have to go up against him? I wouldn't say we were upset. I think it was really obvious because after the blind auditions, we had a group Zoom because obviously because of the pandemic, we haven't had any interaction whatsoever behind the scenes, which I imagine usually you would. But we had our kind of group group catch up on Zoom and it was a it was basically a check out the competition. Um, As soon as I saw Matt Croak's name, because obviously in the bottom of the screen, it says it says the act's name. And we were like, they were, who do you think you're going to be paired against? And me and Matt, me and Matt both went, yeah, him, him, yeah, okay. <laughs> he didn't know who I was, to be fair. But once he'd heard my audition, he went, okay, he sounds, he sounds like a theatre boy. We'll get put together. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't. I wasn't sad. I think we just we really enjoyed singing together. It's just a shame that there was there weren't any steals left. Exactly. And how was it for you though? Because I, I spoke to Liam Tamney about this in the past about that kind of pressure of like you're not hiding behind a character and like even with the choir of man where it's interactive i guess but like you're still you you've got a character whereas this is you you're putting yourself up there like how how did that compare i would say the voice was the best and worst experience of my life if i'm completely honest um nothing could have prepared me for how nervous i would be firstly yeah but also how stressful it was. You kind of watch the show and just, and I did as well. I was just as silly and I was thinking, all right, I've been singing for 10 years, I'll be fine. I was so nervous every single time I walked on stage. And I think confidence plays a huge part of that because you have polar opposites this year. Because I'm, personally, I struggle with my own confidence and I have done for years. And I have a lot of self-doubt sometimes when I perform. Whereas you get a complete flip side was Lauren Drew, who is exceedingly yeah. confident and absolutely smashed it out of the park. Every single time she walked on that stage, 
She owned it. She sang the hell out of every every song she was given. Um, so yeah, nothing could have prepared me for how nervous I would be. Um, I think I've learned a lot, obviously. I think you just, even a tiny, I think when we went into the semi-finals, we had a guest mentor and we had James Bay. He yeah. came in and him and Ollie were with me for kind of, 20 minutes-ish. <laughs> it's not as, you know, it's like you worked with James Bay, it was like, it was about 10, 20 minutes. But even in that, we were speaking quite a lot about the fact as a performer, you, it's not being arrogant, but it's almost having the confidence just to go out and be like, look, I'm really good at this. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to deliver an, a tiny bit of arrogance. I'm going to go, go out there and do a good job. You actually need to be successful. Yeah. Because even going back history of the voice, get Cedric Neal, for example, who did it two years ago, Nicole Dennis, they just go, they're confident. They are yeah. confident singers and they go on and they smash it. And I think one thing that I need to take up, take from it moving forward is just that little bit of, little bit of, not arrogance, just that confidence you need just to go and deliver those kind of knockout performances. And do you feel you have taken that away? Do you feel you are a little bit more Lauren? A little bit more Lauren? I don't think I could ever sing as well as she did on The Voice. I bet the confidence. I mean, the confidence. I honestly couldn't believe it. Every single time she sat, I was in... I was she looked in, stunning as well. She looked stunning. I was in, um, in the band rehearsal the same day as her battle, and she sang Respect. And I was just like, what on earth just happened? Because I could hear her, because obviously it was a duo versus her. And I couldn't, I was like, what is happening in there? <laughs> it was just brilliant. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been, yeah, like I said, equally as stressful as it has been incredible. Um, this wasn't televised, but I actually had quite severe vocal problems throughout the competition. Um, two days before the battle, yeah. I had very small vocal hemorrhage. Wow. Basically meant I lost the top probably three or four notes of my range. And then from that moment onwards, I just had severe anxiety. And it almost, I wouldn't say made the experience sad, but I was i was always thinking about my voice as yeah. opposed to really concentrating on the performance. So even leading up to the semi-final, I was still dealing with all that. I went to doctors and physios and all sorts. Thankfully, my voice is back now. But it was it was stressful trying to deal with that and deal with the pressures of auditioning on a live, <laughs> not live, but on national television. Talk us through the timeline. So when did, because obviously we've all been seeing it week in, week out. But for you, it was months and months apart, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we filmed the blind auditions in October. And then the battle round was in December. And then the semi-final, we actually only filmed two weeks ago. So that one was really fresh. Yeah. Yeah, so we, that was, it's been a quick turnaround of the last, it's kind of sped up, didn't it? Because you had like six, seven weeks of blind auditions and then suddenly yeah. this year it's just gone, bam, 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 finished. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, like, has it surprised you watching it, who they've put through? Because I think a lot of the audiences have been surprised. It's one of those things, The Voice, it's very, um, it's just taste at the end of the day. It's like I said at the beginning, the blind auditions are a weird format in that if you audition a certain day of the week, you've got a better chance of getting through. Yeah. That's just a weird format. It probably needs to get rejigged. Um, 
at the end of the day, you've got to think about the money and the kind of record industry. Who do they think is going to sell? Um, who's going to, who's they going to sell songs in the charts? Who do they think could win the competition? So there's loads of things that go. And actually the coaches are quite competitive with each other. Yeah. Obviously we've all got our favorites and there are people that I would have put through over other people and, except there's always that every every show you've ever watched in your life you've gone oh i wanted them to get through because music's it's just personal taste isn't it there are some acts that i hated that other people thought were incredible it's just it's mm. completely subjective isn't it um the good thing is that i think maybe i obviously had my vocal issues and i wasn't completely happy with some of my performances but certainly matt and lauren could go away Look what I did. My performances were incredible. And hopefully we did the theatre industry proud. Do you know what I mean? There was a big big representation this year. And did you, before you even did it, did you have a preference of judge? Did you have someone in mind or did you get who you wanted? I always thought I would pick Sir Tom, actually. Yeah. Just because vocally we're not similar obviously he's a, a legend <laughs> but i thought vocally would be most suitable um there was just something about ollie on the day he turned first um he's a right cheeky chap i can tell you now he's just as you see him he's just a really genuine nice bloke yeah. he's very very passionate about everyone is on his team he follows you on the social media he drops you a message after i got knocked out of the semi-final i had a voice note the next morning saying great performance, sorry you didn't get through kind of thing. You wouldn't get that from the other coaches. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think the experience would have been anywhere near as good without him as the coach. Um, so I'm glad I picked him. But yeah, maybe if I picked Sir Tom, I would have got further. I don't know. Who knows? But every all the teams were unbelievably talented this year. Going back to obviously your, your weight loss and your, your state of mind before entering the competition. Like, talk us through that. What kind of <laughs> I've seen some of the pictures of you. And to be fair, like, I mean, there's, a, there's an old headshot of you with your, your red check shirt, and you look quite fit in that. Mm-hmm. I'd fancy you there. But obviously for you, you obviously you did feel there was a, a concern. Well, going back many, many years, well, not many years, because uh, obviously I finished Joseph in 2015, and then I did... Have you ever heard of Thursford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas show. I did the Christmas show that year, which was, again, great. Just loads of Christmas music and lots of Christmas food. That is immense, isn't it? Like, there's so many people on that stage. It's like, where are they all coming from? And then they bring out doves and stuff. Like 40 singers, 20 dancers, doves, the whole shebang, animals. (laughs) That was really quite something. But no, uh, 2016, um, and I won't name names just because I don't want to get in trouble. But I had a really, really bad experience in a show with a producer who still causes problems to this day. It's not a not mainstream, not a big guy, but anyway, really bad experience and a bad experience with an agent too. Right. And following that, I just it completely tore me apart. I lost all confidence in everything I thought I was good at in my in myself as a person. Um, and from that, I kind of just went downhill. I've had agents, I've done little bits and pieces, um, but 
that really knocked me for six, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I became very disillusioned about theatre generally. Obviously, I've fallen back in love with it, but there was certainly a time where I just didn't want to be a part of it, um, which is why I started teaching singing. And that was my kind of story on the voice. Everyone has to have a, a something, do you know what I mean? I don't have a sob story, but I was the singing teacher. Yeah. But I've loved teaching singing and it's given me, it's given me stability. And I was, I was in a music department full of just the most incredible people, very supportive, very motivating. And then on the side, I've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of singing waiters, which is great fun. Love it. And a lot of guest editing on cruises. Um, a couple of groups. I do Flyboys, which is like jazz pop mashup. Um, and also a group called The Fortunes, which is just crossovers. That Barricade Boys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I've, again, I had, I've had a couple of agents since that happened but my heart wasn't in it. And I also just wasn't confident enough. It just, I don't know what, why it happened, but it just knocked me for six. I just couldn't deal with it mentally. People have thicker skins, don't they? Some people just deal well with all this stuff. Some people deal well with rejection. I can happily go out on audition, not get it and carry on with the next, next day. Do you know what I mean? But that experience just didn't do it for me. <laughs> um, it's a weird one to talk about because I didn't know if I wanted to. I haven't really told many people about it, but yeah, it knocked me for six. So then this year came along, pandemic happened. Yeah. I was suddenly really heavy. Just like, it just happens, doesn't it? I was teaching, gigging, I was eating all the wrong food. I wasn't in the right, I wasn't in a good place. So I was quite anxious, having episodes of being quite down. And I just thought, Do you know what? Let's make some changes. And the same thing you said earlier on, you said you wanted to do the marathon before you were 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always said that when I was 30, I would be in the shape of my life. Okay. So last September, yeah, last year, I turned 30. And I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And completely not doing what I wanted to be doing. But then that's where the whole weight loss thing started. Yeah. When we came, I just thought, why not? I'm 30 now, I need to make it happen. Life's too short. So got running, spinning. I did a lot of spin classes as well. Spin classes, reformer with my fiance. Yeah. And then five months later, I'd lost almost five stone. It was crazy. That is incredible. Yeah, and then the voice came along. So I was like, what perfect timing. Obviously there's, I've auditioned, and like I said earlier, it's not something that came out of nowhere. I've yeah. wanted to do it for years and I've unsuccessfully auditioned. So to finally have the opportunity to sing in front of the coaches and obviously I'd lost all that weight, which in sequence, my mentality was much better. I was much more confident and I was like, right, let's do it. Let's see what, what can happen. There's nothing else happening. I've always wanted to audition on the show and then obviously it's it's gone from there so i'm glad i'm glad i plucked up the courage to do it because i actually cancelled my first audition i got a message on instagram and weirdly it was a year to the day i got a message on instagram on the 13th of march last year and then this year i got knocked out on the 13th of march there's one for the superstitious wow i cancelled my first audition because i was like i don't want to do it i can't be bothered i've done this four or five times before i, I never yeah. get on to the show and then she messaged me again and said, are you sure you don't want to audition? Let's try and let's try and reschedule. 
I'm glad I did. <laughs> I wanted to ask about Charlotte. Like, how has because obviously has she been supportive all the way through? Was she kind of encouraging, or was she kind of blunt and say like, why are you why are you bothering? Why are you doing it again? Charlotte is always encouraging. She always has been. We actually met performing in the show that caused all the problems. So she's seen all the ups and downs of my mental health, I'd say. Um, She's my biggest fan. She's always, like, I tend to just, I sing a lot at home, just playing the piano at home. I just cover pop songs and just chill. She'll always walk in and film it and chuck it on Instagram and I'll tell her off five minutes later. But um, no, she's, I definitely wouldn't have done it if she hadn't encouraged me. Yeah. For those that did watch the show this year, she came on stage in my Blind Audition, which was really cool. Um, and obviously we were both just bawling our eyes out. I was like, this is far too emotional. <laughs> it made for good television. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it wasn't because of the audition. It was because it was because of the last four years because she's seen this the whole time. Of um, It just made it, weirdly, it sounds so cliche, but it made it all worth it. Cliche? Cheesy. Very cheesy. I don't know what's the right saying. It did make it all feel worth it. Just, yeah. it's, it shouldn't have done, because obviously getting a chair turn doesn't really mean anything. Adam Strong, for example, is a very good friend of mine. He didn't get a chair turn. And not getting a chair turn doesn't mean anything. He's still going to go and absolutely smash the West End. Yeah, I feel it. He's go back into Rock Q and he's going to have an incredible career. It doesn't mean anything if you don't get a turn. What about Ke- Kerry Ellis, famously... Exactly. Get any. We were, Another we're... girl this year, a very young girl called yeah. Ella Young. The Defying Gravity one. Yes, exactly. She's going to go on and have a great career. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for me, it really did, it meant a lot. And that's why I was so emotional. I was yeah. like, oh, finally. <laughs> Something really positive. Um, and what yeah. do you hope to do with the future now? Are there shows that you want to do? Are you, are you planning to go back into the... Well, there's nothing happening at the moment, is there? Well, it's all coming back if you believe in miracles. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, there's two songs there, isn't there? <laughs> it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I keep, I've done this a few times in radio, people saying, what? Well, obviously, my background's music, so I would love to make an album. But yeah. there's, and there's nothing to say you can't do both because... There's loads of theatre boys who have made albums and do and do, do really well, really successfully. Really good albums. Um, so I'd definitely like to make an album over the next year or two. And what would you put on it? Uh, probably a mixture of pop and music. It would be a crossover, wouldn't it? It'd be a couple of songs from the shows, a couple of jazz songs, a couple of songs I did on the boys. Not that anyone would want to hear Michael Bolton. still got a strong fan base. <laughs> they gave me all the old songs, didn't they? <laughs> well, I was going to say what made you choose that, but I, I guess you didn't choose them, did you? So... Okay, inside Secrets. I did pick Michael Bolton. Okay. I love soul music. Yeah. However, Bon Jovi and Brian Adams, I would never no. ever. <laughs> Even Michael Bolton, I mean, that's a brave choice. Did you not feel a bit kind of bending to pressure and thinking, well, I should do something more popular or more current? Yeah, it was a weird one because of it, when you audition for it you give them about a list of 12 songs and you're basically at the mercy of the producers it's what they can get copyright to yeah someone else might be singing a certain song um 
I did want to sing my. It was either Michael Bolton or Boys to Men, funnily enough, for my blind. Nice. And it was actually more doing research. I'd YouTube like the best blind auditions ever, and I was like trying to get inspiration from people. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have picked Brian Adams for the. I can tell you now, I wouldn't have picked Brian Adams for the semi-final. Um, some people do go on the show and stand up for themselves a bit more. They say, "I'm only singing this," blah blah. blah. But in that environment, you don't want to be that person. You want to just be easy to work with, crack on with it, do a good job. And then when you get home, you can release whatever music you want. Yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I did tr actually try and sing jazz because I love singing jazz music. Um, but it's not commercial. It's not commercial enough for the voice. You're not going to. Yeah. Obviously, they have the classical crossover because they had Nadia this year, who was very good. Um, but they, they, they don't seem to be that interested in jazz just yet. <laughs> um, so as well as the album and music and... Oh, theatre. We haven't discussed theatre yet. Yeah. And we haven't even discussed theatre. <laughs> what shows are out there that you, you would... What roles are your dream roles? Well, I don't currently have an agent, but I have had some chats with some people. So I do think there is theatre on the horizon. Obviously, nice. it depends on what's happening with the pandemic. Um, dream roles. I would love to play the doctor in Waitress. Yeah. Um, I think most people probably would. Um, I've always dreamt of being in Les Mis. Um, Javert, probably. Probably a bit too old for Fiera now. <laughs> 31 and greying. I'm not sure Fiera's on the cards. <laughs> you never know. I'm tall, so Adam's family, maybe. Could play Lurch, but that's going back out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, we'll we'll see what happens. To be honest, I have I've, I'm a bit out of the loop, so I have no idea what's coming out this year. Um, have there been shows that you've been up for and missed out on? Oh, loads over the years. I think my biggest problem is always that I was. I'm not. I've because I'm quite tall, but yeah. I looked, but I was quite young, and I think I've needed to like balance out a bit whereas now I look more appropriate <laughs> yeah obviously now I could maybe in a few years I could start doing things like Mamma Mia dads and these slightly older I could never play a student in Les Mis because I never looked like one because I was six foot four and bearded and grey and <laughs> but um, no what's slipped out a prince of Egypt audition for that there's just the list is endless we've all we've all been through been through the auditions and not got them that's just the nature of the game, isn't it? But, but you've said yourself, you're quite resilient to that. You kind of just... I okay, am. I'm fine with rejection and auditions and stuff. I, it was just that one experience, that yeah. 2016, that just completely knocked me for six. Um, and like I said, it made me disillusioned about the industry. I suddenly thought that everything was bad and there weren't any nice people and... Whereas I was completely wrong. It was just, there were two or three bad people and the, the theatre world is incredible. There's everyone supportive and especially during the pandemic, you've seen how resilient yeah. everyone, how supportive everyone is of each other. Um, but yeah, it was just a shame it happened. <laughs> yeah. But like, how has lockdown been for you? Obviously, you see, you live with Charlotte. So has, has that been testing or challenging or has that been actually quite fun? I'd say the start of lockdown was really easy. Yeah. Not easy, but I think when things are new in life, everyone's everyone's quite good at cracking on with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, let's do a Zoom quiz. Let's bake some banana bread. Let's let's go running. Everything is new and exciting. 
I think the longer it's gone on, the harder it's got. I think yeah. because especially for theatre and music, there hasn't been that a little glimmer of light that we needed to be like, oh, okay, I've got four months and that's what I'm going to concentrate on. Um, we actually moved house middle of, in the middle of the pandemic. So wow. we moved from London um, to Macclesfield, just south of Manchester. So we've been, during The Voice, I've been renovating a house at the same time, <laughs> which probably wasn't the best idea. Nice. <laughs> if you've renovated a house before, it is not, <laughs> it's not as easy as I thought it was. <laughs> you might just under the hammer and go, oh, yeah, that looks easy. <laughs> and it's messy and uncomfortable. It's messy and yeah. Um, so I'd say it's definitely got harder. I think I've struggled more this year. As soon as 2021 hit, it was like, wait, is this is this a year later? Like, yeah. I haven't worked for a year. <laughs> I've been doing teaching. I was really lucky to carry on teaching until October. Since October, I've been basically unemployed, um, which is rotten, obviously. And hopefully, because we were filming The Voice at the same time, it's quite difficult because it was like, I could go and get a job wherever at, uh, wherever yeah, supermarkets care homes and that but if i'd got covid i would have had to drop out yeah so i'm gonna start looking for jobs now now i'm out sad face crying crying um yeah and we'll see no, what I, I meant to ask guys so when you're stood in that moment and there's like the three of you on that stage what was going through your mind did you have a suspicion that you, you weren't gonna get it or did you were you confident you might get it or if I'm entirely honest with you, yeah. I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to be the finalist. Okay. Um, I just had that, that feeling. I just had a little... I was like, When did that click? Was that before you even sang or...? When I got paired up against those two. Yeah. Thought, you know what? I think my time has come. I think I, this, I think this is my last song. And I think that actually helped me, weirdly. I know it's not, some people wouldn't like that mentality because you'd want to go on stage being like, yeah, yeah I can get through, I'm going to, but it's a reality television program yeah. at the end of the day. I was up against a 20 year old who commercially would sell a lot of records yeah. and an 18 year old who had a very emotional story that connected with a lot of viewers across the country. Yeah. So me against that, I was like, well, that doesn't make good telly. <laughs> Andrew Baitup singing Brian Adams. <laughs> No, I, they're both absolutely incredible. And obviously Grace is in the final. Yeah. Uh, unbelievably talented. So who knows what's going to happen for her. She actually, she loves musical theatre. Oh, nice. She's got a lot of ambitions to perform in musicals when she's older. Obviously, she'll see what happens with the final and after that. But you might, oh. see, you might see her on the West End one day. Well, that's it. A lot of really strong people. Like if, you, if you go right back to like Matt Henry, there were so many strong musical theatre people that have come through. Loads. Jordan wow. Lee Davies as well. Years yeah. Ago. Yeah. The list is endless, to be honest. It always happens. <laughs> Every year it's like, who's going to be the theatre performer on The Voice? <laughs> I'm glad you have no regrets from doing it. No, I don't have regrets at all. I think perhaps maybe I should have spoken up slightly more with my song choices. But um, I just wanted to be easy to work with. <laughs> I can and now I can 
I can, whatever I want to do now, I can do. Do you know what I mean? That's the, the joy of not getting to the latter stages of the competition. Yeah. It means you're much freer to release whatever music you want, to do whatever jobs you want, whatever theatre comes along, whatever opportunities come. I've not tied in, which is great. Um, really excited. I have no idea what's going to come because obviously we're still in the pandemic. So yeah. it's like, I just got booked for a gig, but it's not till June. It's like, oh, I kind of want something next week. <laughs> and had you picked what song you were going to do for the final if you'd got through? <laughs> we had, so the semi-final and final, you had to send in a list together. Right. Um, so I was, some of the suggestions were mine and some were the music production team, which you'll find quite funny because some of the songs I got given <laughs> were not good. <laughs> Like, for example, Westlife, Swear It All Over Again. Okay. Old Do you remember me singing that in the final of The Voice? Um, Sugar Babes, I can't remember which one it was. Some of the songs you get are really quite questionable. Yeah. Um, if I'd sung in the final, it was a flip up between You uh, You Make My Dreams, Hall Notes, but it was a uh, kind of like a Boyce Avenue type cover just yeah. completely opposite to the original. End of the Road, which I wanted to do in the blind audition. And funny enough, Choir of Man, it was You're the Voice. Really? Yeah. I would have loved that. I would have loved that because then hopefully Nick would be like, oh, Andrew can actually sing that song. <laughs> oh. and, you know, that, those were my three like options. But, um, maybe I'll just record a little video and shove it up on YouTube. Yeah, or I want to see that. <laughs> I remember Tom telling me when they first workshopped Quiet Man, they were going to do like this kind of gay fantasy of him performing. Previously on That Stagey Blog. My original song in the show when we did it two years ago in London, um, in the rehearsal room, was Don't Leave Me This Way. And it was a strip scene. Oh, I'd love to see <laughs> that. And our, yeah, it was my character, my character's gay fantasy. Wow. And um, with the producer, the studio producer, like nah. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh and yeah. I keep telling you, I was like, just put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, those are the those are the three options. But no, I'm, it was a, like I said, it was quite stressful at points, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It was it is life changing. Do you know what I mean? It's as cringy as it sounds. Hopefully, some doors will open that were never an even an option before. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we all need the pandemic to just vanish and we all miss theatre and we all miss music and we all miss each other. Do you know what I mean? Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to let you go, but um, a pleasure. I haven't, I haven't spoken that much for about a year. <laughs> uh, well, you not quite, because I remember when I first met you, you were kind of like very just quiet and like I was like, he's either really rude or just kind of like really shy. Quite the opposite. I'm very, very shy. Yeah. Very shy person. Exactly. It's <laughs> quite rude. <laughs> but you never know. You just because you meet someone for the first time and you're like, he's like, either really he's shy. Well, the thing just... is, I don't think it helps that I'm six foot four. Yeah. I looked like I would just walk in and be like, oh, fun, 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 banter, banter. But for someone so big to be so shy is quite a weird... Yeah. Especially when you've just seen him perform and the way you perform and the way you, like, obviously... No. I mean, that is performance. Like, we're all Popular, introvert, extroverts. Yeah. Singing is fun, but then real life, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Welcome to me. <laughs> Mazak. Right. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna go have a run now. You've inspired me. Okay. Good luck to you. I might do it today. We'll see how I feel later on. Why well, kind of alternate? Like if it's lashing it down, I think no. But then I did go out the other day when it was really because I thought, well, I better get used to it in case yeah. on the day. I was talking to Jody Steele did the marathon two years ago. Yeah. Doing a heat wave. And I was like, well, we're in October. It's not going to be a heat wave, but I, I yeah. anticipate it might rain. So I did it in April and it was 29 degrees. <sighs> I had burns on my arms because obviously I was outside for like five hours. I just burnt to shit afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> you hope. No, it's for a great course, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm doing a pal of mine's doing it now, Rob. Oh, that's so gonna, cool. I mean, he's a lot faster and leaner, so <laughs> we'll probably like do about five minutes together, and then he'll sped off. You've got five months to catch up with him, though. Yeah, <laughs> he's got five months to get even quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's really You're been quite fun. welcome. Thank you for having me as well. No problem. No, Take yeah. care of yourself. <laughs> We'll speak hopefully when the theatre world opens up again. Definitely. All right. Take care. It's nice to see you. Enjoy your run. I'll see, <laughs> <Thanks. you soon. laughs> see you later, buddy. Take care. Andrew is raising money to produce his debut album. If you would like to contribute, visit www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash Andrew Baitup debut album. Thank you for listening to That Stage of Blog podcast. The video version of this podcast is also available on YouTube, along with many more. Please do check out my channel and remember to subscribe. Also, I will be running the London Marathon in October 2021 in aid of the Terence Higgins Trust. If you would like to sponsor me, you can find out all the details on my website, www.thatstageablog.com or you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at That Stagey Blogs.